strange and unusual headline stop world-renowned podcast dead in its tracks more right after this Bienvenidos al XJ Talk Show, un podcast acerca de aventuras off-road en Jeep Cherokees y entrevistas con los que manejan y mueven el mundo de las carreras off-road. Ahora, aquí están sus presentadores, Tony y Josh. Well, this is E-Tony, or I guess I'd have to be E-Josh. So, this is Tony. <laughs> yeah, this is E-Josh. Hey, welcome to episode 95, just five more away from that magical 100th episode. I know, that, uh, that those triple digits are approaching fast, and uh, boy, I'm, I'm excited. Well, anytime you're at triple digits, everything approaches fast, Josh. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, it has been going by pretty quick. I guess it has to do with the amount of fun we're having, because uh, I know for me, it's just zoomed by, gosh, it seems like... Uh, there's a whole month of this missing time where I don't even remember doing a show. Oh, we were on vacation. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a strange time, Josh. Now that was uh, yeah, all that all that weird muscle memory thinking that I should be doing something but I wasn't uh, but yeah, no. I, I I love doing the show. Well, Josh, uh, yesterday I did something. Actually, uh, Saturday I did something that I didn't want to do. I uh, went over to Amazon Prime, uh, looked at the, the TV uh, episodes that they had available on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's on my Blu-ray DVD. I think you can do it on their other devices, but the Blu-ray DVD has this thing on there. And uh, uh, I had already gone through all the episodes of uh, Under the Dome the prior yeah. weekend. That was uh, 12 episodes. They're about 42 minutes each. And I sat there and went through the whole thing in one day. So, oh wow! So Saturday, I saw uh, what I what I thought was that uh, that series that I really was, wasn't interested in. But now that it was on demand, I thought I could just quickly, you know, go go through and find out the point to it. But there was there was some episode. You're, talk, you're talking about Sex in the City, right? There was some episode that uh, where the people passed out for about a minute or something, and uh, and then they came to, and it was I forget what it was called, but I thought it was called the event. So when I saw the event up on the screen i went oh i'm gonna go see what happened and see what the answer was you know kind of cheat where you can go to the back of the book and just read what happened well i watched the first episode and uh uh sarah jessica parker was not in this one uh <laughs> and uh uh but anyway i watched the first episode and i uh, said well you know that was interesting let me see how this progresses and i'll watch the second episode no more than that i'm not going to get in back into this whole thing of watching you know the entire series so i watched the second one and and damn it i watched the third one and i said that's enough i'm gonna get alpha hearing and go back and go do something else and whatever so that was until sunday when i got up and uh i watched the remainder <laughs> and unfortunately this was in 2010 when they were making 22 24 episodes of everything so i mm. watched 22 episodes 42 minutes long each of the event it was a one uh, one season only series so but when i when i saw that the final episode episode 22 was called the arrival i figured you know maybe they're wrapping this thing up you know maybe it's wrapping up for the season maybe they got canceled you know during the season and they're gonna no 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 that's it's lots of loose ends yeah so it was pretty good it was pretty good I, unfortunately it uh, starred uh, john ritter's son and i'm not a big john ritter fan well, you know, speaking of arrivals, we've got uh, some stuff in the show for you guys tonight uh, talking about the arrival of the 2014 Cherokee uh, that we're going to get to in This Week in Jeep. I believe we've got some voicemails to share with you guys. Of course, some Jeep tips. And, uh, well, we might get to some other stuff if we've got time later on. Speaking of voicemails, guys, please call that 24-7 voicemail line. We've been getting a few of those lately, and it's uh, awesome, so keep rolling them in. That number is 530-675-4102. Yep, yep, and uh, as uh, as you guys know, if you're a new listener to the XJ Talk Show, we deal in uh, entertainment, TV shows, movies. Oh no, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> it's actually Jeeps, right? Jeep Cherokees. Which yeah, is... yeah, no, it certainly is. Oftentimes we uh, <laughs> we get a little bit of that ADD, and uh, we'll head off on a little bit of a rabbit trail, and and it's bound to happen on occasion. And uh, we've gotten some awesome voicemails and had some fun with some of the responses when we 
do occasionally go down some of those rabbit trails a little longer than we should. Well, I mean, I think uh, there's there's more than one of us out there that thinks about things that uh, are outside of the Jeep world. And I just thought it was kind of sad and depressing that I spent, you know, 20 some odd hours watching television yesterday. And I mean, I had it timed well enough that there's a about a minute uh, that where they bring you up for the last episode. I could go mm-hmm. to the bathroom in that time. I could run over to the bathroom. <laughs> Start an episode, go over, run the bathroom, use the bathroom, come back, and then the, after that show, I go back and wash my hands. So no, it it all worked out. Well, you know, at least it was a uh, you know somewhat manly sci-fi show and not something like Sex in the City. But, uh, did you look it up, or are you aware of it? Well, I would have had to have. I know I'm aware of the show. I uh, I remember seeing the previews. I don't recall watching more than maybe a part of one episode. I, I just couldn't. It couldn't. It couldn't hook me. It was very so, slow. Yeah, uh, and and a show's really got to at least sort of get me hooked. It doesn't have to set the hook, but it has to get me there the first episode. And I, I have to, I'll give it a full episode try. If it doesn't have me by the end, then, uh, you know, I, I give up. Uh, it uh, it was an interesting story. They had uh, some good special effects, especially for, for 2010 uh, in there. And uh, all in all, it was, uh, I think the, the, the attraction was is that you don't have to wait week to week. And you don't have to wait through the commercials. I think that was what my attraction was because you can uh, 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 not eat it, but you can uh, devour it so quickly that you can go through it. Kind of like reading a book, I suppose. I guess that's exactly what it is because I do the same thing if I if I start reading a novel. And that's one of the main reasons why I don't read a novel because I'll just go hibernate in a corner and I got to get to the get to the point, get to the meat and, you know, not want to do anything else but read. Well, there's one reason why I don't read novels because I hate reading. <laughs> oh, I hate reading too, and that, that's one of the reasons why I hate it so much. Is I I never can. I don't know why authors have to come up with these squirrely names. Just call people John and Matt and Smith and whatever. They it, it I always get confused in the storyline because they come up with these imaginative names. You know, damn it. Mm. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's roll over to our uh, our voicemail, uh, and uh, this is from a a new caller, I believe. Hey, this is Tony. And this is Josh from the XJ Talk Show. We want to thank you for calling our 24-7 voice line. Yes, we do. Just leave your first name and your question or comment. There's no guarantee, but we may play your message on the podcast. Oh, and don't worry about keeping it clean. We'll take care of that. Now it's your turn to speak at The Beep. Hey, guys. Calling because I told myself that if a product I bought on Amazon was used on You Bought What, I would uh, call in. So here it goes. My name is Scott. I'm from uh, Northwest Indiana. I drive a 2000 Grand Cherokee, so it's not an XJ, but it's, uh, it gets the job done, in my opinion. Um, it, so that makes it a WJ. It's uh, currently currently sitting on 33s, 4 inches of lift, um, 456 gears, lockers front and rear, custom bumpers front and rear, custom sliders, custom long arms in the front. Um, just got done installing a radiator out of a ZJ Grand Cherokee because the factory one hung down maybe four or five inches below the frame rail, so it's getting banged up in the rocks quite a bit. I'm currently working on installing 1977.5 Ford High Pinion Dana 44 and a Ford 9-inch in it. Um, once those are under the Jeep, it will have 513 gears, lockers front and rear. I will be moving to 6.5-inch springs and 37-inch tall tires. Now, on to the product that I bought from Amazon. Um, it was the Crown Automotive tie rod in that I believe Josh had listed um, on last week's show. Um, I, I bought that from Amazon because I was doing, well, something similar to what Josh was doing, a over-the-knuckle tie rod flip. Um, in order to do that, I needed a right-hand drive Grand Cherokee drag link because um, the drag link on the WJs are curved to clear the coil bucket. So when you flip it, you need a mirror image part. And I actually went to Amazon for that part because my local dealership told me it was a $100 plus part and that there was none available in the country. Um, Needless to say, three days later, I had one from Amazon for under $40. Um, just wanted to call in and uh, say that there's, there's listeners out there and 
And actually, I don't know if you guys know this, but I listen to you from a Windows phone. There's not a lot of apps for a Windows phone, and it really surprised me that yours was on there. So uh, keep up the good work and uh, keep the shows coming. I'll be listening every uh, – I listen to them on Monday. So I listen to them every Monday. All right, thanks. Well, that's just great. I was uh, That's probably one of my favorite voicemails right there that we've had to date. Uh, so glad that you were able to to get that that uh, that drag link from. Uh, even though the dealership said they, there's none available in the states, I, I love how you got one for less than half the price you were quoted, uh, and through an online retailer nonetheless. So uh, that's a a really big thumb in your nose at the dealership, and I love to hear that kind of stuff. I hope you're posting up some pics somewhere of uh, of that um, that OTK flip you're doing on the ZJ uh, or the WJ rather. Uh, even though, you know, we don't delve a whole lot into Grand Cherokee tech, uh, we don't talk about the Grands a whole lot because, well, both Tony and I are, of course, uh, uh, you know, XJ owners. And of course, we're here for the XJ talk show website. Uh, we do have Grand Cherokee section. We got Wrangler section as well. And, and of course, um, uh, some stuff for the MJs as well. But uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, it's, I, I've always lo- have, I've, I've always looked at the Grand Cherokees as the XJ's big brother. Uh, and, uh, you know, oftentimes, you know, they got the same drivetrain, same transfer cases, a lot of the stuff crosses over and, uh, well, even the fronts are pretty much identical as far as, you know, suspension geometry and, and what you're going to be doing to them as far as upgrades and stuff like that. So, uh, glad to hear about your build. It sounds like, um, you really have a laser focus and a great goal in mind. And, uh, and I hope it gets there because, uh, uh, that's going to be one heck of a vehicle once all done. Oh, I think he's. Uh, I think he already is there with one heck of a vehicle, but uh, certainly uh, uh, not letting any uh, uh, any moss grow under those mods. He's uh, <laughs> changing mods. I was really surprised to hear about the radiator hanging down uh, four or five inches uh, in in the danger zone for uh, for off road. But I guess for uh, on road, it's uh, it really isn't that important because there's not too many things that you're going to run over that would be hitting that. Uh, it's still, uh, with Jeep's off-road heritage, it seems strange that they would put that to drop it down like that. Yeah, I, that's uh, actually something I, I didn't know, uh, you know, by the numbers uh, as far as how, how low that hung down. So that's that's definitely something that, uh, that I will keep in mind. It kind of explains a little bit why most of the Grand Cherokee bumpers that you see are so big, uh, the, the aftermarket bumpers rather. So, you know, all the, uh, the expedition-style bumpers and and uh, you know most of the aftermarket bumper manufacturers out there, they create such a a large uh, bumper. And I, I I would have to say that's probably part of the reason is to sort of cover up some of that radiator that's hanging down low. I would think that as far as approach angles go, uh, you'd want a bumper that's going to well sort of double as a skid plate for the radiator because uh, there's I would imagine really not a whole lot of room to either relocate the radiator or you're going to have to get real creative and, you know, potentially run into some issues like what you're running into with uh, overheating and stuff by throwing a different kind of radiator in there. That's, that's shorter. Yeah. And uh, also too, before we get too far away from it, I just want to thank you for calling in and uh, uh, the great hearing that we have a listener that uh, not only uh, enjoys the show every week, but uh, also too very active in uh, calling in and uh, active on your Jeep. It's, you know, you don't have to be active on your Jeep, but it's kind of cool that whenever, uh, I'll speak for myself, whenever we go through either uh, getting guests on that talk about technical details uh, on, on Jeeps or talking about it ourselves, that you guys take it to heart and actually use that information uh, on your Jeep. And, you know, really appreciate you going to Amazon.com and clicking on our uh, banner uh, on uh, XJ Talk or XJTalkShow.com uh, before you uh, go over there so we can get a little... Uh, a little uh, few percents uh, or a little few cents or percentages of the sale. Now, I will mention from the top of your um, from the top of your call, Scott. I think there might be a little confusion. We haven't actually started the uh, the the Amazon giveaway thing yet. But uh, for the call in, what what we were anticipating was is that when Josh either accidentally or more likely on purpose. Now, I think he's going to be nervous at first, so he may be saying "botten." just because he's trying not to. <laughs> uh, but whenever he says button, when we're in the Amazon, you bought what segment, we're going to get you to call in to our uh, live call in number. And then whoever calls in first and says, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm calling out. Maybe we'll have a phrase that pays Josh. I've, yeah, I've no, we'll have to, we'll have to come up with something. 
Uh, obviously, <laughs> there's going to be some some live interaction. You're going to have to listen to the live show yeah. to uh, to you know participate to have a jump as far as it were on everybody else. Uh, and there may be some tips or something like that or some uh, you know some inside baseball so to speak that we post up on the website somewhere. I'm not going to really you know delve into that too deep, but nonetheless, uh, we're going to get you guys to to listen to the live show and get a chance to actually, well, win something, I guess, when it comes down to it. Uh, and uh, it's all going to stem around around my vocabulary, I guess, <laughs> and, the, and my uh, my prophetic use of the word botan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really funny. Uh, of course, you've gotten better at it. You haven't really said that, so we're going to have to be training you to uh, say that on the cheap items uh, on uh, Amazon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, the, the idea we kind of had was, and we, I think... I can't remember if we talked about this on air or not, uh, Josh, but uh, I know we've discussed it. But the idea we had was uh, while going through the Amazon.com You Bought What segment, if Josh, when he's uh, going through one of the items, accidentally says Boughton, then whoever the first caller is on our live call-in line, they'll be able to get uh, a gift certificate at Amazon.com for the amount of that item. That way... You know, you can get that item or you can uh, buy whatever you want. I think originally we were talking about actually buying that item and then shipping it to them. And then I got to thinking about warranty and all the rest of that stuff and how much mm. easier it would be. And especially since Amazon has a, a very easy way of giving gift certificates, they can just be emailed so that you could do something instantly. You don't even have to, I think I've made the comment before, forgot your wife's anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> forgot your forgot your girlfriend's six and a half week anniversary, <laughs> then you can just quickly go on Amazon.com and email her a gift certificate. Now you may be in a different type of doghouse after doing that, but at least it's something. Yeah, no doubt. We're gonna definitely make sure to get you guys' information off the air, as it were. So um, there'll be a live call-in portion, and then it's just one of those things where we'll get you to hang on off the, you know, off the air, and we'll get your information uh, somehow or another. And of course, the the winning prize will get shipped out, uh, you know, post haste to whoever, of course, is that first caller uh, when the magic word, I guess you could call it, gets uh, gets announced. Yep. So what else is going on, Josh? Man, not a whole heck of a lot of nothing. I uh, had to dog sit a 150-pound Doberman uh, this weekend while uh, my girl and her best friend went up to Seattle to play a little uh, birthday uh, birthday celebration thing. And uh, uh, I was pretty much stuck at the house watching this behemoth of an animal uh, that I swear was on crack or something because uh, oh. that, that dog uh, was rambunctious to say the least. Yeah, I hate it whenever they're high strung like that. I mean, I don't mind a little bit of it, but when it goes on for longer than the amount of time that I'm uh, enjoying playing with them, it, then it does get old. So I guess this is punishment for your uh, your off road trips where you go uh, off on your own. Yeah, you know, here I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to have you know half the weekend to myself. I'll be able to uh, you know spend you know some good quality time uh, getting some stuff done on the Jeep. But no, 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 no. I had to watch this dog. <laughs> Well, on the uh, the Jeep tips uh, towards the end of the show, I'll be talking about the uh, the fun information that I got. You know how I've told you that uh, my wife uh, has said over a couple of occasions, uh, the Jeep's making a noise and how you just sink. Well, oh, yeah. well, uh, I think it was yesterday or Friday, uh, my daughter came up to me after, after driving home uh, in the rain, I believe, and she said, did uh, Cassie tell you about the uh, what the Jeep is doing? Oh, no. no. That's even worse. <laughs> so we'll go over that in Jeep Tips. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. The XJ Talk Show is now available on iTunes. Subscribe and leave a review. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating. This is Dan from the 4x4 Podcast, and you're listening to The XJ Talk Show. First week in G. Well, guys, as it uh, would have it, we're going to talk a little bit about the Cherokee we all love to hate, the 2014 Cherokee. Now, this was just released yesterday, a quote from the director of Jeep Product Marketing. His name's Jim Morrison. I no relation to the singer, I guarantee you. Uh, uh, and he's referring to the uh, 2014 Cherokee. He says, it, to, to be true to its roots... We needed to make sure it is the best four-wheel drive in its class by far. I think we're being fair and loyal to the customers, but more importantly, <laughs> we're being fair to the nameplate. Because if we'd done nothing with that, 
the nameplate would just die over time. Now, first off, uh, Mr. Jim Morrison, how dare you? Uh, secondly, the, there's no way that the Cherokee name would just die over time. There is such a huge following, uh, and this podcast, the website, and all of the websites out there that are dedicated to nothing but the Cherokee, I, I think is just a small drop in the bucket uh, compared to the large following worldwide that the Cherokee, the XJ, uh, has. Uh, and uh, he, he goes on to say, that, uh, let's see, I'm sorry, I lost my place here in my notes, that um, uh, Jeep has actually hit the mark, apparently. Uh, currently, the 2014 Jeep Cherokee is classified as a mid-sized sports vehicle, and it does. By every measure, at least by the numbers, particularly the, the off-road Trailhawk version, have best-in-class capabilities unlike any other vehicle on the market. Now, we're talking about its off-road abilities. Uh so, at least as far as that is concerned, the Cherokee is living up to sort of its namesake. Uh, in that, back in the day, the XJ was best in class off-road as well. Now, when it was first introduced in 1974, the Cherokee was based on the Jeep Wagoneer. But when the XJ was introduced, when the XJ, rather, was introduced, it too had its own controversies. The Cherokee went through a major redesign in 1984. Remember, the 84 XJ platform uh, was a lot different than the, its Wagoneer predecessor. Now, it was smaller, still boxy, uh, but it was nonetheless a quite, quite a big change from its Wagoneer roots. Now, Morrison said that the new generation of Cherokee is facing similar criticism, as the XJ did nearly 30 years ago. He uh, quote, yes, it's not square. We can't change that. But like we changed the look of it in the 80s, we changed the look of it again. Chrysler sold more than 2.5 million Cherokee models worldwide between 74 and 2001, including top sales of more than 200,000 units in 1999. Hence why the 99 Cherokee is the best Cherokee, but I'm not going to go down that road. <laughs> Nonetheless, guys, uh, 200,000 is going to be an interesting number, and I'm going to be anxious to see if this thing is going to beat it. Now... Autoguide.com got their hands on one of these. Now, Autoguide is uh, by far probably one of the most respected uh, automobile, uh, I'm going to say, writing platforms uh, on the, in the planet. And uh, they gave the 2014 Cherokee an official review. Basically, what it buffs, boils down to, all fluff and no buff, with maybe the exception of the four-wheel drive, actually. And it's certainly not worth the $40,000 price tag uh, it would cost to get a fully loaded Cherokee, mind you. Now, they're not very fun to drive, apparently. Uh, there's a little bit of body roll. Uh, the interior is clunky and cumbersome. The knobs and stuff, they, they just don't feel very ergonomic and stuff. They complained a lot about the interior. One thing that they, they kind of laughed at more than anything was that the, the auto parallel park uh, system has once engaged, has a little display of a 2014 Cherokee from up above pulling into a parking sp spot in between two classic Willys Jeeps. Now, this is a little animation that goes on in the dash on the screen, uh, you know, behind the steering wheel. Very interesting nonetheless. Uh, but both engines, both the 184 horsepower, 171 foot-pounds of torque, 2.4 liter four-cylinder, and the 271 horsepower, 239 foot-pounds of torque, 3.2 liter V6 are extremely underpowered and noisy to boot. These things do not get out of their own way. Uh, it's, I guess, uh, the four cylinder, more so than the six cylinder, is extremely loud. The drone on highway speeds is almost unbearable. And uh, through all of their test driving, they never once got it into ninth gear. Apparently, that nine speed transmission is still having some faults. Uh, which was already recalled before the thing even was released. So, uh, nonetheless, $40,000 for a fully loaded, best-in-its-class, four-wheel drive uh, Cherokee is, well, certainly not worth the price tag. You can get a, a brand-spanking-new Audi uh, for a fraction of that price tag. So, it looks like the Cherokee, the one that we all love to hate, the 2014 Cherokee, uh, has got some big shoes to fill, and it's doing so at least somewhat uh, pound for pound in its class uh, on the four-wheel drive market. But uh, anything else on-road, uh, this thing certainly isn't worth the price tag.
Well, of course, I've mentioned in the past, the problem I have with it is a lack of uh, a front axle. And I can't imagine, I I don't understand why, if you're going to build an off-road rig, why you wouldn't go with a straight axle. It is, uh, I mean, I was watching a thing the other day that uh, the the straight front axle, well, not straight axle, but the front axle actually won King King of the Hammers this year. And it was uh, basically a, a run between... Uh, the uh, front axle and the IFS, and uh, that was a mixture of uh, flat-out desert racing, which you would expect the IFS to uh, exceed in, and uh, rock crawling, which you would expect the uh, uh, straight axle to to exceed in. But uh, apparently, uh, that front axle rig was able to do both. Yeah, and uh, I know that uh, Team Naxja had their Cherokee out in the King of Hammers, which placed quite high. In fact, I think, what was it, second place overall? I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, in, in the, 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 the group, I, can't, I forget the, the, the group that they were racing they had, in, but they, in the he came class, in second. Yeah, the class that they were in. Uh, they class. were in a different class than, you know, the, the, the full tube-frame buggies, of right. course. Uh, but, yeah, in their class, um, uh, they were racing, and, and a short-arm kit nonetheless. So, uh, and I, I couldn't remember if in their class they were battling any independent front suspension rigs, but... Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I- impressive to say the least that uh, a solid axle vehicle is still competing uh, and, well, winning, obviously, with short arms and, uh, and a straight axle. Well, you have to keep in mind, too, that uh, I, and correct me, anybody out there, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but my impression is, is that IFS is inherently not as strong as a front axle. No, it's not. It's not. And it's certainly, you, can't, you cannot get the level of articulation that you can out of uh, out of a solid axle vehicle, uh, you know, with with an independent front suspension, it's just it's not in the numbers. So I'll go right back to it. If you're going to build a competitive off-road vehicle, why go with IFS? Go with uh, I mean, in, in the, in, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the mechanics are a lot simpler as well. So you have uh, stronger parts. You have uh, they're less likely to break, therefore, and if they do break, uh, they're probably going to be cheaper, cheaper and easier to fix than an IFS. You know, I think uh, maybe some of that one, Tony, came down to uh, the weight, the overall weight. This thing is by far probably one of the heaviest mid-sized SUVs that is currently on the market. Uh, there are a few that that um, that outweigh it, nonetheless, but it, it is still one of the heavier. Uh, mid-sized SUVs on the market, and and its power-to-weight ratio is obviously very apparent in in the numbers, uh, regardless of what engine platform and drivetrain that this thing has. Uh, it, it's just it's slow. It's not very nimble. Now you slap a, um, uh, a you know a, a solid axle in the front of it, and uh, you know I don't even think they would have had to be, had room for the engine uh, if they were if they were to do that. Uh, secondly, there'd be the weight and you're talking about adding, you know, probably several hundred pounds over an IFS system, uh, with a solid axle. And, uh, and I don't think the Cherokee could, could really support at least not with the drivetrain that it has. Well, and then that, that's the other angle with it, isn't it? I mean, why don't we be less concerned with the, uh, how, how nice the interior is and let's focus on the things like, uh, the engine, you know, the power plant, the drivetrain, uh, how long it's going to last, and uh, how, how it's going to get you from point A to point B. Uh, obviously, not everybody goes off-road all the time, and, and they're trying to hit a market that is um, off-road-ish. You know, that uh, the, the bragging rights, so to speak, that I've got this off-road vehicle. Uh, and But even at that, I just can't see why, if, especially for forty grand. now I haven't priced a Wrangler, but for forty grand, I'll just go look at a, a four-door Wrangler. Thank you very much. Now, base price is around, I think, uh, twenty-three, twenty-two thousand, something along those lines. Um, you know, that's including destination. Now, a, a top-of-the-line limited runs around thirty thousand nine ninety. But you start adding in a few, a few of the options that are available for it, and it it goes well over forty thousand dollars. Now, the one that, um, that AutoGuide drove was a four-cylinder. It was a 4x4 four four Limited, um, and its sticker price with all the options that it had was around 35.3. Uh, nonetheless, uh, you start adding options. You get all the trimmings, and with, with a Trailhawk version in a Limited trim, 
plus a few of the other options, you're looking at 40,000 plus. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm sure you can get a Trailhawk trimmed down for less than that. But to get, you know, I mean, we're looking at the competition here. You know, I mean, it's it, what is this thing really going against? And, uh, you know, what an Acura MDX are certainly not going to take that off road. Uh, what you maybe throw a, a, a Lexus in there or something like that. You know, I, I, I don't know. You know, some of the Toyotas ones, it's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, Volkswagen or a Porsche, uh, you know, come on. Man. These as far as. I, look, I'm not flipping sides here, people. I'm I'm not all of a sudden touting the the 2014 <laughs> Cherokee as as the next best thing on the on the planet. But nonetheless, it's 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 claimed its claims right now are certainly being justified. It can back up what it's claiming. Is it a good thing? I'm going to say no. It's certainly not doing the name badge justice yeah. as um, this this director. Of uh, of marketing, whoever, yeah, of product Jim, marketing. Jim Morrison, that's an easy name to remember. Yeah, really. <laughs> now this guy, oh man, I, I think he's got his blinders on. Uh, well, no, he's trying. He he, he does the same thing politicians do. He's, sure, he's putting on a happy face, and and if you repeat the repeat it enough times, somebody's going to believe it. Yeah, you start believing it your own self. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, to be to be fair, maybe he does believe it, but I, I don't think that anybody that knows any history of the Jeep Cherokee can honestly say that this does any justice to the Jeep Cherokee. No, I, and I'll make no. it. I, I know that there's some people out there that that uh, that disagree with me and Josh about the, the 2014 G, uh, Jeep Cherokee. But I will uh, to cover myself in that. I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you liking the, the 2014 Jeep Cherokee. Uh, I think it would be perfectly fine if it just didn't have the Cherokee name. Call it yeah. something else. I yeah, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, Jeep has every right to to build whatever they want to build, and uh, personally, I think they need to be careful about what they put out there because the the Jeep name really means something. And then if you start doing things like uh, the Compass, the Patriot, uh, again. Chrysler, Mopar, whoever, sell those things. Just don't sell them as Jeeps because, you know, don't put a, a, a seven-slot uh, grill on the front of it and call it a Jeep. It's not a Jeep. Yeah, I know. The, you throw the seven-slot grill on it, and all of a sudden anything become, it can become a Jeep, at least nowadays it seems like. And, uh, and this is a prime example of it. And, and for us diehard... Uh, you know, old school Jeep fanatics, uh, it's just, it's not cutting the mustard. Hey, I think even Hummer, uh, put the seven slats, slots, whatever you want to call it on the front of their Jeeps. Didn't, I think Jeep got a little upset about that at one point. I would hope so. <laughs> I don't, I think they were still able to, I don't think it was, uh, it was, uh, copyrighted or anything like that. I mean, you know, seven slots, it's uh, you have a slot in the middle that way. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Hey, this is uh, Nikki G, and uh, listening to the podcast, and uh, thinking about uh, how Tony said last week that his car is, his Jeep, he built it for uh, hurricane evacuation or zombie apocalypse, whichever happens first, which we all know the zombie apocalypse is going to happen first. And uh, I've got a great escape plan for uh, when the zombies attack. And everybody knows wild animals seem to gather where there's abundant food source. And uh, since zombies like to eat brains, I'm just going to head down to the airport. I think that would be the safest place to be. I'm pretty sure I'll be the only one down there with a brain. Uh, except don't go, go upstairs to management office because they're already overrun with zombies. And uh, I was... Uh, Listen, last night when you were talking about driving your wife's TJ and they had all these mechanical issues and you didn't realize it because you don't drive the vehicle enough, I just uh, went through that with my daughter's uh, 01 Beetle, which uh, is proof positive that Satan is uh, <laughs> working with Hitler and designing automobiles. That's how else would you explain a car that's designed in Germany, made in Mexico, and sold in the United States? This, this thing is it's a nightmare to work on. But uh, she came to me and said she was having air conditioning problems, and I looked at it and said, yeah, I'm not even going to attempt it. 
So I've got a friend of mine works at a, a non-Volkswagen dealership that uh, he took it into work with him, and he worked on it and uh, gave me a good deal. He worked on it on his lunch break. And uh, so my daughter dropped it off at his house. He drove it into work or fixed it. And then uh, he called me up a couple of days later, said his car car's back, uh, and picked it up. So I had my wife drive me down there. I picked it up. And I drove about half a mile. I had to pull over. This car was making such a loud clunking noise in the front end. It sounded like a broken shock if there was anything that resembled a shock on the car. But uh, so I pulled over, and I noticed smelling burnt oil and smoke pouring out of the hood. So I investigated, and the uh, sway bar bushing decided to take early retirement and left left the vehicle. There was not a remnant of any type of bushing on the driver's side. And I opened the hood, and uh, there's a big hole in the block where a PCV valve used to be. So it was the crankcase was just venting out smoke and oil. And I saw a control arm bushing was surprisingly... <laughs> Wow, that's uh, this is quite quite an adventure. Kudos to you guys for having a polite machine that says goodbye before it cuts you off. I, I like that. Unlike my brothers, who just hangs up on you. Yes, Pete, I'm talking about you, and your call is coming next. Uh, so anyhow, where was I? Oh, control arm bushing. Surprisingly easy to fix. The uh, PCV valve was a little difficult to get to, being that it's placed only where uh. 12-year-old Japanese kid could reach. Of course. <laughs> but I got it fixed. And then I the, had a conversation with my daughter. I said, did you know your car was smoking and making this loud noise? She goes, oh, yeah, it's been doing that for a while. I said, why didn't you t- come to me sooner? Well, you know, why did it wait, take until the air conditioner broke for her to say I had a maintenance issue? So I, I moral of the story is, is, Routinely drive your children's or in your spouse's vehicle, vehicle that you have that you don't drive often enough, to check it out. Uh, this squirrel would have drove it with three wheels and a muffler hanging, hanging just as long as the mirror, the lipstick mirror was intact and the air conditioning worked properly. And I tell you, kids nowadays, they don't know how easy they have it. Yeah, that's all I got this week. Fire so long. We're going to talk in the mood, I guess. All right, guys, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye. Hey, this is Ben at Bushwhacker, reminding you to get all your best cheap news from the XJ Talk Show. And don't forget to follow Bushwhacker on Facebook and Twitter. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. Well, Nikki G, when you said a hole in the side of the block, I was starting to get really, really nervous for you, especially after that uh, clunking noise you were hearing coming from the front end. Yeah, that doesn't sound any good at all. I was thinking, okay, you know, a rock in the hubcap or something simple like that. Uh, no, a hole in the side of the engine. That's, boy, that's, that's, uh, if you're going to do it, I guess that's the way to do it. Uh, you know, really go out with a bang. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, drive the TJ to uh, work this past Friday, but uh, we were having uh, flood alerts and things. And even though the, uh, the TJ is lifted up high, uh, it doesn't have all the uh, recovery gear. Uh, that the uh, XJ has. Uh, I mean, it does have a winch now. Uh, it does have uh, tow points in the front and rear. I got one of those uh, Smitty-built uh, two-inch receiver uh, D-ring adapters. So, mm-hmm. so, so I'm actually covered front and rear on the TJ now. So if for some strange reason uh, my wife was to get stuck off-road, I'll have uh, places to hook on front and rear on the TJ and uh, be able to uh, pull her out in pretty short order. Um, unfortunately, I won't be doing the deal if I was helping somebody else out, which would be they have to stand out in the rain and go through the mud and the muck to hook it up. It'll be me. So I guess I really should get some rubber boots. I'll have to check Amazon and uh, see about getting some rubber boots to go in the back of my rig. I was going to say, uh, just keep a set of waders uh, tucked away somewhere. You'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah. Again, thanks for that call, Nikki G. Uh, damn, uh, glad things worked out, but a uh, very interesting story. And uh, I think everybody can relate to those situations when you're in a multi-vehicle f- uh, family. Uh, you would like to know about these things. You would like to never hear that there's ever a problem, but you'd r- rather hear about it sooner than later. 
Well, just like uh, my little story I shared with you guys last week about Steve 4.3 LXJ uh, trying to meet me down at the Rubicon and and his Jeep kind of acting up on him. And, and he'd had a similar issue, I guess, prior. And uh, I mean, obviously, this is his own Jeep and, and he's the one who drives it. He's the one that, that uh, ends up, you know, figuring out that these little issues are popping up. Uh, but he had a, a coil go out on him, apparently. And, uh, and he replaced it and the problem went away. Well, apparently the problem resurfaced itself uh, one uh, on, on his way down. Well, after he had, had was supposed to be meeting me down by, by the Rubicon, and uh, I mean, luckily, you know, he's in a multi jeep or multi jeep, a, a multi vehicle family, uh, and he was able to to get a tow rig and a trailer down uh, uh, from the homestead and and uh, and get his jeep back home and, and get it all fixed up and stuff. But nonetheless, uh, if it wasn't for that and and uh, and of course his own experience, uh, you know, this this. Could have happened, you know, potentially out on the trail, which would have been no good. He would have been dead in the water or, you know, happened on the side of the freeway. At least, uh, you know, he was in a parking lot or something and, and got this taken care of. Got a tip? We do. It's time for Jeep Tips. Well, Josh, I have two sad stories. Do you have anything that you want to uh, throw into Jeep Tips tonight or should I just go ahead? Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and sort of chime in on this one with you um, because, uh, you know, I'm, I've definitely got some stuff that I can add add to this as far as, you know, what to look and procedures and, and tips and tricks and stuff like that. So uh, why don't you take the reins and I'll just sort of jump in when it's, uh, when it's appropriate. Okay. I didn't want to leave you out. I, I have a tendency to go on and on, especially when it's an emotional issue and <laughs> I don't didn't want to take away from anything that you might have. Um, oh, no, we're- so uh, as I was mentioning to Josh uh, pre-show, uh, my uh, my youngest daughter came to me Friday evening, I believe. It might have been Saturday, but I think it was Friday evening. And she says, uh, hi, Dad. She had just gotten home from work. And she says, hi, Dad. Uh, did uh, Cassie tell you what the Jeep was doing? Now, they, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> now, they drive the 1999 uh, Jeep Cherokee. So um, it's got 150,000 miles on it. And as far as I can tell, it's all stock, with the exception of the things that I've been changing as necessary. Uh, certainly the three-inch uh, Rough Country lift is not stock. So, uh, you know, shocks have been looked at. We, the, the front end was recently, uh, the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the tires and wheels were recently balanced with, within two months ago, I believe, because my, uh, my daughter was having some, some shimmying, shimmying on the, on I-10 whenever she was going to, to work at the mall. And, uh, uh, so we went, I, I took her with me and actually showed her what, what is involved and what you say to the folks and stuff. So she would know how to do that. And, uh, it, it really, it really didn't go away. So, uh, I was going to look at other things and I thought, well, if I'm going to have to, it was kind of a, a shimmying and a bouncing thing. So, uh, whenever we had the, the wheels uh, rotated and balanced, that bouncing thing really didn't go away, which, which was okay because it was kind of an opening to go ahead and uh, justify getting the three-inch lift. Mm-hmm. Instead of spending, you know, maybe 60, 70 bucks, maybe even 100-something for shocks, I could just get a lift that came with shocks, and it was the, the new N, N2.0 shocks from uh, Rough Country, and at least until recently I've heard are, are good shocks. So uh, I installed that lift on it. Well, the thing they were, uh, you know, I asked Mandy, my youngest, after she said, uh, you know, did Cassie tell you what the Jeep was doing? I said, well, no, what is it doing? And she says, well, if I'm driving 55 miles an hour on uh, I-10 and I'm accelerating, you know, get up around 60, it starts, it kind of wiggles a little bit at 55 and at 60, it's, it's so bad that you have to slow down. So, oh boy. yeah. So I said, uh, what, uh, what do you mean? Is it, uh, how does it? vibrate how does it move you know she says you know like side to side i said what does a steering wheel do and and uh, she kind of described it and i said well does it go back and forth like this and she says yeah so i'm not not absolutely sure anyway i suspected death wobble uh front end 150,000 miles somewhat understandable so anyway i got out there this uh this evening uh with my older daughter because my youngest is at work and got her to uh, turn the steering wheel back and forth and look for any loose parts. And that is really the the best method to determining uh, or to start the troubleshooting process of, of something going on in the front end. Uh, is is I mean it's hard to ask for help and and especially from you know somebody who doesn't really know much about mechanics or or you know a Jeep that you've built uh, for per se. But 
having somebody just sit in the passenger or in the driver's seat and just work the steering wheel back and forth slowly, but you know, getting a good half a steering wheel rotation, yeah. just a little wiggle probably isn't really going to cut it. You need to really work that steering wheel back and forth. So they're, they're going to need to, you know, have a little bit of shoulder strength in there because, you know, oftentimes it's best to do it without the power steering, uh, engaged. And what that does is it really makes the steering system work. And, uh, and it's going to really have to make the person sitting in the driver's seat work as well. But doing that, getting that steering wheel to work back and forth like that, a good half a turn in each direction, if not more so, you really put that steering, all that steering linkage through its cycles. And, and you get to see sort of how it's working and what it's doing when you're doing what with the steering wheel. And, and it's not something that, that you really pay much attention to as you're going down the road, obviously, because you're behind the wheel. Well, let me but, ask you a question about the, the yeah. power steering thing. Now, now, Death Wobble is going to be created by something that is Pitman arm on down, so to speak. So mm -hmm. I don't understand what the difference between having it, because frankly, if she didn't have the engine running, she wasn't going to be able to turn the steering wheel because it's just too difficult sitting still. And in my mind, if, if the power steering unit is the thing that's being hydraulically assisted and it is moving the Pitman arm, the Pitman arm all the way through drag link, tie rod, all those ends, that's all mechanical. And it doesn't have anything to do with how much pressure is being applied by the individual or hydraulic ste steering. It doesn't care. In fact, the hydraulic steering is probably going to be more pressure than uh, more uh, instant and constant pressure than what you would see with, uh, out, with the engine not running or the power steering unit disconnected. I will agree with you uh, on that uh, in that... Uh the the problem most most likely with death wobble is going to be from the drag link down uh, or potentially the pitman arm on down. Mm -hmm. uh, however, when you're talking about front end issues in general, um, as far as steering uh, and stuff goes, uh, something in the actual and uh, in the steering linkage it's, or in the steering wheel linkage itself can uh, potentially pose a problem. Yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, if, and, if it's if it's the power, if it is the 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 driver, well, God, I've lost what it is. The steering box back, certainly that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But in, in a death wobble issue, I don't think you're going to have a problem uh, with uh, the, the, I've lost it again, the steering box or the linkage. I mean, I guess it could be, but I don't think so. I think all the, the harmonic vibration sets up in uh, everything Pitman arm down. Now, the steering box can come into play. Uh, because if your steering box is a little bit loose on that on the frame, mm, okay. uh, you're gonna you're gonna have you're definitely gonna have some issues. Uh, it could be death wobble. It could just be you know really loud clunk, uh, turning in one direction or another. Uh, I imagine it's gonna cause a whole bunch of problems. Uh, but and and of course, if you've got that power assist, there's not gonna be quite as much force applied back to the steering box as it were if you were really just cranking it manually. Right. It's not a fly-by-wire, but it's it's something close since you have that hydraulic assist. Right now, right. so anyway, the the it was it was a critical point for what I was about to say. Since I was going to say, uh, I made sure that uh, first off, I, she started the Jeep, and then I said uh, set the set the brake, and then I had her, you know, because uh, girls, especially um, short ones that are five three and uh, you know maybe a hundred hundred and ten pounds, if that. Uh, aren't that strong. So I said, uh, I put it in drive as I was standing to the side of the Jeep, because keep in mind, guys, you're going to be in front of the Jeep. It's going to be running and somebody's going to be sitting at the, at the steering wheel and, you know, love my children and beyond being, <laughs> beyond being hurt and run over, I don't want them to have to live with that, that they injured their dad because the dad was just too stupid to take precautions. And in fact, I thought about going and getting the wheel chocks, but I was too lazy. So I didn't anyway. So I had her uh, put it in drive and uh, make sure her foot was off the brake and it didn't go anywhere. So I felt confident with her having it in park and her knowing to leave it in park and just turning the steering wheel back and forth that I should be fine. So anyway, I got under there and I noticed pretty quick that uh, I didn't take a flashlight with me. So <laughs> I noticed, uh -huh. I noticed pretty quick that the um, the drag link uh, tie rod in that ties in uh, to the pitman arm was moving. Now, guys, it's a very slight movement. It doesn't have to be, but just a slight movement can make a large difference. Now, so, describe describe for them the the kind of movement you see because I mean these are these are joints. They're supposed to 
sort of rotate and move a little bit. They're a lot like a shoulder joint because you have this little socket that goes into uh, like the sh- like your shoulder and that little round ball kind of moves around inside there. Now, what I was seeing actually made me think for, for a very split second until I thought about how the, 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 the tie rod end, the ball joint thing itself is, is made up, uh, that it was as loose, that the castle nut was loose. And, of course, it can't be that because the uh, there's a, a carter key that's uh, holding that castle nut in place. And unless uh, that, uh, that tie rod end was installed incorrectly, it would not be moving. So it, it literally looked like it was moving up and down. Now, to me, that's a little more critical situation than one that is kind of moving side to side. If it's moving up and down, then that means that it has worn that area inside there and there's a good chance uh, that it could pop out. So you don't want to be driving anything that has a tie rod end uh, or a ball joint that pops out, especially since it is how what connects the steering to the pitman arm. And the pitman arm goes to the, the steering box. So if that comes comes apart... Well, the steering gets a lot easier because it's no longer connected to anything. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> wow, my steering is buttery smooth as you drift across four <laughs> lanes of traffic. And <laughs> so no, that's, uh, so that's, thankfully, that's, centri- okay. centrifugal force would probably keep you going. Uh, it wouldn't just cut the wheels to the side and you'd flip. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I forget there's some movie where uh, a, a, a comedic movie where the guy goes, well, I'm, I'm just a passenger now, and he puts his arms up because <laughs> there's no sense in steering. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, uh, the amount of movement that you were seeing, um, can you des- describe it in degrees or, or in uh, fractions of an inch? It may have been an eighth of an inch, but it could have been as little as a sixteenth. I actually, uh, I, I wasn't quite sure what I was seeing. Uh, I mean, I could definitely tell there was a movement, but I, I wasn't sure if if i was seeing uh, a significant well you shouldn't see any i wanted to see it clearer so i i told my daughter i'd be right back came upstairs got my flashlight went back out there okay. so so yeah and then uh, once i did that i was able to uh, get a little bit more light on all of the uh, uh all of the uh, tie rod ends or uh, ball joints and uh what are, are those tie rod ends are also called ball, ball joints aren't they cuz i'm talking about no. the ones that are on the tie rod the the one that is on the drag link those are those are all tie rod ends or um even now, though it's you, not on a tie rod you could well yes they they could be considered rod ends at, at that point um but they all essentially are tie rod ends even okay. though they're not uh, at the end of the tie rod yeah i want i don't want to confuse you guys by saying it uh, incorrectly uh and there's also one built on to the um um track bar so uh, on the stock track bar, there is one that attaches to the unibody, and then one, uh, actually it's not a, a TRE, a tie rod end, it's, uh, it's just kind of a bushing that goes on through the other side that attaches to the axle. That's right. So I noticed a similar movement on the one that's on the track bar. So, you know, they're both right there kind of in line, and mm-hmm. they're both moving up and down. So, yeah. so I told them uh, the Jeep is down until I replace that stuff. Because I don't so, want anything popping out. Are you now with the stock? Uh, the, the the stock setup, the drag link ends are not replaceable. Correct. Uh, in, in fact, uh, pretty much there, there's one end on 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 the tie rod and one end on the drag link that are both not replaceable. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I take that back. The one at the uh, on the unibody side is replaceable. The one that goes into the um, uh, onto the axle the, the side, steering the steering knuckle is not that's that's like right. a built-in piece right and that, that that was my biggest uh my biggest complaint about both the zj and the xj steering uh geometry setup uh is that the arms essentially are not serviceable they have to be replaced mm-hmm. uh so question for you tony are you gonna you gonna do any upgrades are you gonna you gonna upgrade to maybe the grand cherokee the the zj uh setup or are you just no. going to I've never had any interest in doing the upgrade to the ZJ. I, I don't think that that's, to me, that's that's a kind of a waste of time. If you're going to upgrade, then go get something that's bigger and and better. Um, I, w- I would agree, uh, only because I've I, I've done the upgrade myself, and I've also put it through its paces and uh, seen its weaknesses as well firsthand. Uh, and, and so, just a, a quick tip, folks: if if you're in the market for some steering upgrade. 
Uh, and, and you do any amount of, I'm going to say, uh, mild to moderate wheeling. And this involves more than country roads, more than gravel roads, more than your occasional logging trail. I'm talking about some mild rock crawling. Um, I'm talking about uh, actually seeing some trails, actually getting into some, some you know, off-camber, you know, deep-rutted type of off-road trails. If your vehicle sees any degree of that, then, uh, and, you're, and you're looking for a steering setup upgrade, uh, the ZJ system is fine and dandy, but again, it will eventually wear out, and it is not serviceable. It has to be replaced. So why not go, you know, save your pennies for a little bit longer if you can, and obviously, Tony, in, in your position, when, you, when you're at this point of where things have worn out and they must be replaced, you can't really wait that much longer, especially when it's a, a daily driven vehicle. Um, but if you can put it off, folks, I would say save your money for an actual bona fide steering upgrade system. It is worth it in the long run. Yep. And uh, what I'm going to do here, this is a, uh, it does have a three inch lift, but it is not something that, is, that will be taken off road uh, to any degree. So all I'll be doing is, uh, the, frankly, from the, 30 minutes I looked at it today. I think what I'm going to uh, be going with is the uh, Rough Country Adjustable uh, Track Bar because it's mm-hmm. 130 bucks. Um, you know, I could go 200 for something like JKS or 269 for uh, Iron Man Andes, uh, but this isn't going to go off-road. I thought briefly about uh, going the route of, of taking the uh, heavy-duty uh, track bar uh the uh, heavy-duty rough country track bar off of mine, but I really didn't want to go through all the trouble of uh, removing it off mine, installing another one on mine, and yada, 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 yada. Because, I, frankly, I would, if I was going to replace mine, I'd, I'd go to Ironman 4x4, uh, fab4x4.com and, and get his uh, really heavy-duty uh, track bar. I, that thing's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so uh, I think I'm just going to uh, give them a call excuse me, tomorrow, and because uh, I've, I've read numerous times that uh, you call them, they'll give you a discount. You ask for a discount, they'll give you a discount and uh, see if I can get them to ship it out pretty quick. Now, I uh, I do have to double-check this, but I do believe I read that a uh, 2000, uh, what is it, 1997, I believe, through 2006, uh, TJ track bar is the same as what was used on our uh, XJs. So if that's the case, then I have a uh, TJ track bar that I can put on the 99 until I get a track bar to go on it. Uh, Now, it had 100,000 miles on it when I changed it, but nonetheless, 100,000 miles is uh, probably has a little bit more life in it than what uh, the one with 150,000. Certainly, uh, after looking at it, you can certainly tell it doesn't have much life in it. Now, most of the TJs, uh, well, I think all of the TJs for that matter, uh, came with a Dana 30 front end. And it is a four-link, you know, coil suspension, um, you know, fr- front suspension system. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it is identical to to the Cherokee. I would not be surprised if it had uh, the, same, the same track bar setup. However, I don't believe that the 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 frame rail width of a TJ is the same as the you know the where the unibody rails sit on an XJ. Uh, I could be mistaken, um, but as far as I know, the the track bar, even though it's it's still in the the inverted Y steering setup on both on both on both vehicles, the geometry is slightly different just because of the of the way that and the way and the position that it mounts on the frame. Now I, I could be wrong. In, case, in, in that case, uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely uh, you know apologize for that. But uh, I'm very curious about this because if that's if that's true, uh, that that's going to be very interesting news and certainly open up a, a great degree of um, possibilities for people swapping out some uh, some parts there in the future. Yeah, I just read it someplace while I was looking up parts. That's why I say I saw it once, but I do have to do more confirmation on it. Uh, well, you, I I probably. I probably will not want to do things twice, but the Jeep's going to be down because I don't want them driving it until I've replaced both those those parts. Now, the I went to Amazon.com and got a Moog drag link and a Moog tie rod end to go on that. I could probably just get by with the tie rod end because that's the piece that's moving. 
So the, mm-hmm. the, the tie rod end that connects into the pitman arm, I could probably just replace that. But I figure, you know, these are my daughters. <laughs> so let me just get the drag link because I'll, I'll replace the, that one on the, uh, at the steering knuckle at the same time as replacing the one uh, at the, the pitman arm. Well, guys, look forward to Tony's uh, review on, well, whatever he ends up uh, uh, buying for uh, for the upgrade for that. Of course, I look forward to hearing the comparisons between a TJ and an XJ's uh, drag links, uh, or uh, track bars, rather. Uh, and, of course, we're going to have some interviews for you guys coming up in future episodes. Stick around for that. I've got some stuff that I've gotten from some uh, folks at some recent shows that I've DJed, as well as an interview with a gentleman from Warrior Products. Look forward to those in the very near future. Yeah, we got to get those on the show notes uh, during the week. So uh, Sunday doesn't roll around and go, hey, remember that interview? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, guys, it's looking kind of good. I may be, uh, uh, may be for sure, uh, almost positively, uh, going to SEMA this year, first time ever. So uh, hopefully we'll have some information on that. It probably will affect our show schedule uh, but uh, I'll know more as that time gets closer and actually buying the ticket and making hotel reservations so we're really excited very, about that yeah it's going to be a very neat experience can't wait to hear all about it yeah hopefully I can uh, work in some interviews if I don't get uh, too uh, nervous about asking the famous people that I see <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an overwhelming experience I think nonetheless All right, guys, till next week. Thanks for joining us this week. And uh, remember to uh, check out xjtalk.com.